Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible, studying the Word of God. We have been working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 100, and we are looking at John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. Jesus has been dealing with the religious leaders who have challenged that he should heal on the Sabbath. He healed the the man who was disabled, lying by the pool, and Jesus told him to get up and pick up your mat, and he did. And they challenged him because he picked up his mat, which is work, did that on the Sabbath. He said Jesus is the one who did it. Initially, he didn't know who Jesus was, but Jesus encountered him in the temple later. So then he goes to the religious leader and says, now I know who it was. It was Jesus. And so Jesus has been more than defending that he healed on the Sabbath because he's also uh, claiming to be the Son of God, that God is his personal Father. And so they're really in a big problem over this because he is saying things that people ought not say. He is elevating himself in their minds so to a degree of blasphemy, of uh, calling himself equal with God even. So Jesus is uh, continuing this uh, narrative, and uh, let's read John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him the right to pass judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but to those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. Well, Jesus begins this with, truly I tell you. Again, the original language is, amen, amen, I say to you. So this is something important. This is a a, a great truth to pay attention to. He says, an hour is coming and is now here. This is the same language he used with the woman at the well when we're talking about worship. When she said, you guys worship in Jerusalem, we worship here at Mount Gerasim. And Jesus said, an hour is now coming and is now here when God will be seeking people to worship in spirit and in truth. And so he's saying to the uh, religious leaders here, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So he's talking about the present and the future. And John does this. He uses these dual meanings, dual languages where uh, there's layers of meanings. So something is already happening and something is going to have the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Well, he's just talking about those who hear his message and believe the Father. Now he's saying, so I think the the time which is now here is that which he's referring to. He is proclaiming the gospel. He is bringing the message of salvation, how you are reconciled with God. So that is now here. But time is coming. He says an hour is coming, but he means a time is coming, something in the future. And he's looking specifically at the resurrection, where the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Well, down in verse 29, he talks 
specifically verses 28 and 29 about resurrection of those who hear the voice and come out of the graves. So he's talking about here, those who are spiritually dead are hearing the voice of the Son of God and live. But then there's a time yet to come where those who are physically dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and come out of their graves. Now, the word here for dead is not just the, the state of deadness. This, this actually means dead bodies. Necroi is the, the word here. So he is speaking of the resurrection here, but I think he also is using it in, in the term of people who are spiritually dead and coming to spiritual life. And this idea of hearing the voice of the Son of God, in the Jewish apocalyptic writings, that is, uh, writings about end times, uh, the, uh, the voice of God plays into it big as uh, the voice of judgment in the end. But that also goes along with uh, Paul, uh, his writing in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17. He says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So that idea of the voice, the archangel's voice, is uh, announcing the end. And so using the word voice here for the Son of God goes along with both of those. Then in verse 26, For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have life in himself. Now, they, they understood God is the giver of life. Throughout the Bible, it always talks about God being the giver of life, that life is a gift from God. God is the one who gives life, who grants life, who makes life. But God himself he just has life. No one gave him life. He is self-existent. He is self-sustaining. Even as God revealed himself to Moses, and Moses said, what do I say your name is? I am who I am. He is the self-existent one. So that no one has granted him life. No one has given him life. Life is, is part of who he is. He says it's the same thing here with the Son. Just as the Father has life in himself, so also he's granted to the Son to have life in himself. That is, he wasn't born. He wasn't created. He wasn't given life by God. He is self-existent just as God the Father is because he is God the Son. Verse 27, And he had granted him the right to pass judgment because he is the Son of Man. Well, he referred to himself as the Son of God in 25, now in 27 as the Son of Man. Now, actually, that's normally how he does refer to himself as the Son of Man. But again, he brings up this idea, we saw it last time, that the realm of judgment has been passed to Jesus. And then he explains what this judgment looks like in verse 28. Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming... Now, here in this translation, it says, a time is coming. But it's the same word he used back in verse 25, where he said an hour is coming. So that word aura, sometimes gets translated hour, sometimes gets translated time. And it's used the same way. A time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Again, that idea of the voice of the Son of God. And come out. 
those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. Now, wait a minute here. Is this saying salvation by works? That those who have done good things are coming out of the graves to the resurrection of life versus those who have done bad things to the resurrection of condemnation? What if I've done some? What if I've done some good and some bad? What if I've done uh, mostly good, but there is some bad? And, and so the point here, this is not a lesson about salvation. This is a lesson about who Jesus is, that he is the Savior. So he's not really talking so much about the mechanism of salvation, because that is so clear throughout all of the, the gospel, that salvation is by belief. He talked about that, we saw that last time, that those who hear the message of the Son of God, but believe the Father, those are the ones who pass from death to life. Those are the ones who are saved. So salvation is by faith, by hearing the gospel, believing the gospel, believing the one who brings the gospel. So what do we do with this, though? We can't just ignore it. Those who've done good things. Well, there's some ideas about how we deal with this. One is, what is the good thing? The good thing is to believe in Jesus. We'll see later on in, in chapter 6, verse 29, where Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. So doing good things is to believe in Jesus. Doing bad things is to not believe in Jesus. So there's that aspect. But then we also have to remember how John talks. When we look through 1 John, John so made clearly that behavior follows belief that it's not a matter what you say you believe, it's how you live your life. And those who live a life of following Christ, those are the ones who are the followers of Christ. Not because they prayed a prayer, walked to the front of the church, shook the pastor's hand, got baptized, say they're a Christian, but those who actually live as followers of Christ. So he could be talking about a pattern. Those who've lived a life, a pattern of following Christ, doing the things that God has called us to do. Those are the ones who are resurrected to life versus those who can do nothing good of themselves because they have never been followers of Christ. Those are resurrected to condemnation. So, uh, but all these things are in play. And the, the clear thing to remember, what's the point that Jesus is making? He's speaking the language they understand. Those who do, do good are resurrected to life. Those who do bad are resurrected to condemnation, to judgment. The, the point is Jesus is the one who's doing that judgment. Jesus is the one who's making that judgment. And Jesus is the one on which the basis of all of this takes place, that it is faith in him which results in resurrection to life or resurrection to condemnation. So as a reminder for us, the, the point is not to act right, to act like church people. The point is to have faith and actually be followers of Christ. And remember that he is the focus of our faith. And it's all about following him. Well, thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.